Uh, just a heads up, so those cards you have, make sure you all have a uh, note, those note cards, and it's something to write with, or at least someone next to you is something to write with. So we're going to be doing some, uh, just some words, specifically I'm, what I'm looking for, like literally things you're hearing from the Lord this morning uh, for, yes, for interns, but specifically also for our graduating seniors. That's, we're going to focus on them a little bit later too. And so, um, yes, you can begin now thinking through these three, and then for our students who will be coming up in a little bit. So um, I hope, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that y'all are here today. Thanks for being here. I know school starting back uh, this week. Some parents are like, praise the Lord. Others are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to already miss them, right? Most of you are like excited, but I get that because the idea is this. God has created your kids for the purpose of getting out, stretching, you know, spreading their wings, going out and, and learning and growing and being part of relationships. So we took yesterday, actually, Randall and I and some of our other people, some of our ginger was there and some other friends were at Abney yesterday, just praying over the school, praying for God's movement, praying over the staff, right along with other people from other churches. There were probably about, I don't know, about 40 of us who were there. So it was just a powerful morning, right, of just praying. And so I do encourage you, for those of you who don't have kids going back to school or it's just like old hat for you, just be in prayer again for this school year. Uh, school is such a, a, an important time. It can be a powerful time. It can be a difficult time. I think um, just even thinking of some of our students who maybe last year was not a great year, and then God really redeemed some things this summer for them. So here's the deal. I just, I'm asking that you would pray for all of our students, right? Pray for all the students at your schools. Like I was praying yesterday, and the Lord reminded me, Steve, there are so many children who are living in some level of abuse. They'll be coming to school, and this would be the greatest hope for them to have freedom by coming to school this year and teachers highlighting that, recognizing it, and naming it. And that sounds super, like, overwhelming, but it's just true. If we're a foster care church, we understand how that works. If you're new at Vintage, our primary outreach and mission locally is foster care with all of our foster adopted families who are here. But, man, yesterday, I don't know, this, this is just between us as friends, but I, like, literally was praying, and I'm, like, feeling just the weight of God's heart for his, his kids who were coming and, and the opportunities for breakthrough at school and praying for teachers. And I think, how many teachers do we have in the room this morning? Can you just stand up, please? Yeah, just stand up. Yeah, so just kind of, if you're around them, put your hand on their back, right? We're going to pray for them just real quick. So if you're around them, put your hand on their back. And yeah, we're just going to pray for them. Jesus, we thank you for our teachers this morning who are here. We thank you, God. Yes, we know it's a job, but they're here because it's a calling. They, these are people who I, I know them. They love you, and they're doing this because they, they believe it's your calling on their life. And I know, God, you create opportunities that are unique and powerful in school. And I pray for this year, God, that you would, one, that you would speak to them personally. I pray, God, that you would cause them to feel undeniably and unbelievably loved and encouraged by you as if they're undergirded. They are supported by you. That God, you are the wind in their sails every single day, knowing some days are easier and more difficult than others. Lord, I just pray blessing upon them. I pray, Father, that you would give them a gift. Uh, I, I pray, Jesus, for words of knowledge and the gift of discernment, Lord, just to, to see what's going on in the spirit with some of their kids and know how to pray and if opportunities arise to speak into their kids' lives. And I pray, Father, for breakthrough this year. I know some of them have very difficult classes this year specifically. And I just pray for I pray for wisdom. I pray for, for clarity. I pray for, I just pray, Jesus, for the spirit of peace to descend upon their classrooms this year. And that, Lord, you would use them in powerful ways. 
We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. All God's people said, amen and amen. We love you guys so much. All right, so last week, if you were here, we talked about living uh, with what I call a healthy balance between your life in the spirit and life in the flesh. And all I mean by life in the flesh, if you weren't here, is just your human life, right? Like you woke up today and you, were, you had relationships you're in, you had a, a spouse, you had kids, you have a job you're thinking about for tomorrow possibly, right? You think about your hobbies, you're, you're already counting down the days for game day coming back on for college football, praise God. I literally yesterday was drinking my, yes, I was drinking my coffee in the morning going, God, just get college football here, right? I'm super excited, right? I mean, national champions, I'm living in the afterglow of it still, guys, and will for the next 41 years. And so, so with that in mind, right, we're at this place, is living our human life, doing our everyday life, and, and that's our human life. And so the idea we said last week is that you have your life in the spirit, which is your life and relationship with Jesus. Every single day, relating to him, listening to him, following him. We talked about the sheep do in John 10, and you have your life in the flesh, and they are supposed to be the symbiotic relationship where your relationship with Jesus is to, is to lead and guide and direct and be empowering your life that you're living every single day in the job that God's called you to live. And we said last week with that in mind, we, I want to encourage you, hey, be honest about your posture of your heart, your mind, and your will before God. The posture of your heart, the passions of your life. What's the posture? Is it towards the things of the world or towards Jesus? And make sure it's towards Jesus. I said the the posture of your mind, the things that you just think about every day. How often do you think about Jesus? And does that lead, guide, and direct how you live your everyday life? And And the posture of your will, that part where you're making decisions. right? The decisions, the the willpower to make the decisions and to live by the convictions that you know God has called you to live by. And so in this, we've been called to live this life. And we said, then that posture, that posture before the Lord and that, that place of, of life in the spirit, we're listening to, right, and following him. Like this idea of listening and following, if we're honest, it is the recipe for life. Like, here's the thing about me. I'm around a lot of pastors who are really profound, and they say all these super deep things that I don't usually understand. But I like things simple because simple things stick. And I want you to hear me say the simple recipe for life is simply this, to listen to and follow Jesus every day. It's as simple as that. Now, I know that's not always easy, right? I get that. So many distractions. But that's the recipe for life, to listen and follow Jesus. I love this. When I, it's the model of Jesus' life. This listening to and following the Father was the model of Jesus' life. It was the model of ministry that he shares in John chapter 5, verse 19. Jesus is being attacked and he's being ridiculed, right, for the life that he's living and the things that he's claiming to do and the things that he's claiming to be as a person, as a human being, right, and also being like God. It goes in this chapter and says he gets almost like people get really angry because he claims to be equal with God because he names God his Father, right? But this is what he says. This is the model of his life, listening to and following God. He says this, I love this. He says, very truly, very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. That's a picture of his human life, the human life that he's living in the flesh. He's like, he's Jesus. He's saying, listen, in my life, if I'm living this focus on the life in the flesh and my own abilities, like, that's... I'm not useful here, right? I can do nothing. That's a powerful phrase. The son, Jesus, can do nothing by himself. But he goes on to say, 
he can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Isn't that verse so simple? Again, don't over-theologize this and overthink it. He's just saying what he means. In my human life, I'm incapable, but you connect me to God the Father where I listen to him every day. I watch what he's doing as I slow down every day to be with him and listen for his voice. And then I, all I really do is just follow and do what he says. It's life. It's the stage of life. It's a simple recipe. So when we talk about what life looks like, Jesus is the model. It's the idea. He says, hey, my sheep, right? If you would call yourself a Christian this morning, as in you would call yourself a Christ follower, then good news this morning, you are a sheep, right? We're super cuddly. We're super cute, right? We're not the brightest sometimes, right? We'll follow people and run off cliffs because sheep do that every now and then, right? But man, they love their shepherd, scripture says. They know the shepherd's voice. They will follow him and they will run from everybody else's voice who is not the shepherd. What Jesus says is, you're just like me. Your capabilities are the same as mine. In your own strength, you can't do anything. But if you will simply listen to, watch, and follow God, then your life will have impact. We have to set our heart posture before him. And so my, my hope, my, my hope this, this week, right, my hope this week is that you did that. You were honest, you're like honest before the Lord about your heart posture, Like, where is your heart posture before the Lord with your passions? Have you been honest this week? Have you been honest about your mental posture, the things that you give yourself to and the things you're anxious about and the things that cause worry in your life and set a heart posture of faith and trust before the Lord? Did you set a, a posture of your will that you said, I recognize my willpower is weak? Right? Like Paul, the things I want to do, I don't do those things. But the very things I don't want to do, those are the things that I end up doing. Oh, what a wretched man I am, Paul says. Who can save me from this life of sin? And then Paul says, only Jesus can. Right? It's the posture, the posture of our will always set before the Father. So in this. We want to be people like Jesus who are sitting with the Father, listening to, watching him, and then following him. Because our heart posture is always set before him. Where do you give your greatest attention, energy, right? That's the heart posture. And Jesus is saying, I set mine on the Father. I'll watch him. i do what he does. The sheep, us, we can do the exact same thing, Jesus says. And so in this, when we sit before the Lord, right, when we sit before him and listening and hearing, there are three basic purposes for which God speaks to us. Again, very simple. He speaks to us for ourselves. He speaks to us for others. And he speaks to us for the church. This morning I'm looking at the first two, hearing God for ourselves and then hearing God for others. The upcoming weeks we'll look at hearing God for hearing God for the church, what that looks like in the prophetic, get the discernment, words of knowledge, all those types of things. But in this place when speaking about hearing God's voice in these three settings that we recognize, again, we talked about some weeks ago, the foundation for all this is the Word of God. So I would say to you again, the primary piece in hearing God's voice is you're giving yourself to Scripture, becoming very 
grounded in it, understanding it, understanding what God is saying in it, and recognizing everything that Jesus will say will be within the bounds of it. But God also speaks in numerous different ways. If you've ever read the Bible, specifically go read the book of Acts. The Gospels, we hear Jesus, that's unfair because you think, well, he's God. But then go read the Acts of the Apostles, right? Read the 20, whatever, 21, 22 chapters of Acts. And, and listen and watch how all of these men, some of them primary 12 apostles or 11 apostles, but some of them aren't. Like Philip, who we're going to look at this morning, was just a normal guy like us who loved Jesus and was empowered by God's Spirit and did crazy things, Right? He's just a normal guy like us. And so what we find in Scripture is God speaking in numerous different ways. We see God speaking through dreams, right? We'll look at this next week, but Josh Day, he's right over here a couple of weeks ago. He sent, yes, Lauren, I'm calling out your dad in the middle of service, right? He literally sent me this dream. He, felt, he sent me this dream. He felt like God had, and we've been processing. I sent it to people, said pray through this, right, to see what God's speaking. We have people like God speaks through visions, right? He speaks through visions. And so there's this beautiful story, you know, that when like it's a kind of a dream vision where Paul in chapter 16 of Acts, there's a man from Macedonia who says, come to to me, right? And so Paul says that God's calling us to Macedonia to go spread the gospel. You know, sweet Peter literally has this open vision of like a sheep being thrown out with meat, like with animals on it. It says, rise, take up and kill and eat, right? It's a beautiful picture of God then bringing in the Gentiles. It's a whole long story, but it's great. So my point is he's always speaking through dreams. He's speaking through visions. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the guy Moses, God speaking through a burning bush. Why did he do that? Because he can and he wanted to. Right? God's speaking through a donkey to Balaam to let him know, I'm God and I will do whatever I want to do and I will speak however I want to speak, even if it's speaking through a donkey. God speaks however he wants to. It's so powerful. He speaks through prophets. We see it in the Old Testament. And then we see it again in the New Testament, speaking through men and women, right? Just being called of God to speak the things that are on God's heart. Again, here's the point. God speaks through anything. It'd be super fun. It'd be super fun. Like, if we were doing coffee together, I'd probably go across and say, Barry, hey, tell me the different ways that God's spoken to you through the years. He'd go, and you'd go, ooh. Because he's not, he's not old, right? But he's mature and having how, how long he's spinning faith. No, he's totally joking, right? Barry's going to punch me later. It's going to be super fun, guys, right? Barry literally hit me like eight times when I'm drinking coffee over the last 13 years of vintage. I mean, he spilled all over myself. It's one of our great moments. So anyway, but like when he would sit there and tell me all these stories, I can tell you, listen, I wake up all the time hearing song lyrics. Like one morning I woke up and it was that, Get your motor running, right? Hit out on the highway, right? I'm not I'm hearing this. I'm like, why is this song going through my head? And the Lord says, that's what I have for you, son. Let's take the adventure together. I'm like, oh, holy moment, right? Holy moment. I mean, he can use anything. He can use stupid songs. My point is he can speak however he wants to. So we talk about setting our heart posture before the Lord and listening to and watching him and following him, recognizing he wants to speak to you because you're his sheep. And how will he speak to me? However he wants to. Like I have friends and you know people probably have had angelic visits. Steve, are you sure? Yes, because it happened all the way through scripture and he never said it stopped. He can do whatever he wants to and speak however he wants to. 
So all I'm getting at is this. Regardless of any theology or any of these things, all I'm saying is this. I hope you have a big enough view. I want to invite you to it. A big enough view of God to recognize he can speak however he wants to. It will be within the bounds of Scripture always. It is the, 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 the guardrails, but he can speak however he wants to. History teaches that. Go, I would encourage you, a book you can go read is called Hearing the, uh, uh, what's the one, Jack Deere, somebody help me, Hearing the Voice of God. Hearing the Voice of God, is that it? Do you think it is, Mark? I'm looking at you, you've read it. Jack Deere, Hearing the Voice of God. Hearing the Voice of God, I think is what it is. Jack Deere, D-E-E-R-E. Super profound. He does, a whole, he does a whole section where he takes some of the early church fathers, some from Scotland, some of our like reformed uh, fathers, kind of the reform movement, and how they had these miraculous things of hearing God's voice like the 1500s and the 1600s. Super profound, the things that, that happened for them. My point is it's really, really cool to listen to. So my point is, is God can speak however he wants to, but one of the primary ways I recognize God speaking, this is what I land this morning, kind of how he speaks, is through internal impressions, what I call the internal audible voice. Voice of God, right? The internal audible voice of God. And this morning I want to focus on this because my experience has been like, yes, God sometimes will speak in these really dramatic fashions, but usually he speaks through scripture and then through these internal impressions, this internal audible voice uh, that he wants to speak through. So with that in mind this morning, I'm just going to read through Acts chapter 8, story of Philip, verses 26 through 31. It says this, you can follow along on the screen. Acts chapter 8, 26, 31 says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south of the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So so an angelic visit, God speaking to Philip for himself about direction in his life through an angelic visit. And he says this is a desert place where he was going, and he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. And then God spoke to, the internal impression spoke to Philip about what to do next for someone. He heard God for someone else. He says, the Spirit said to Philip, internal impression, internal audible voice, go over and join this chariot. So I love his radical obedience. He runs. He doesn't walk over sheepishly. He is so convicted of the voice of God, the internal audible voice. He runs over to the chariot. Heard him, this Ethiopian, reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Hey, do you understand what you're reading? He said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And Philip led him to Jesus and baptized him in a puddle on the side of the road. Praise God, right? It's so powerful. Internal impressions. That's what we're seeing here with Philip in the second part of hearing God for someone else. In Internal impressions can be described as the internal audible voice. And here's, a, here's just a, a brief definition. It's an idea. It's an idea. Go ahead and put it on the screen for me, Joshi. An idea or feeling about something or someone, especially one formed without conscious thought or on the basis of little evidence. Little evidence. How many Magnum P.I. fans do I have from back in the 80s? Remember when, this is, remember when Magnum P.I. says, 
he'd be sitting there and he'd be talking to and stuff. He'd say, and the little voice inside of me said, go, and all the little voice was always right. He said, did not have any evidence for it? He didn't know why it should be true, but a little voice inside was just speaking. It was the internal audible voice, right? It was this part I'm talking about, his impressions that old, that old Magnum P.I. had walking in the spirit. I'm just kidding, right? And so there's this beautiful point right here, right? An idea or a feeling about something or someone. Like, you know when you just know something, you don't know why you know it? You see somebody, you just know something about their lives, it happens all the time, sometimes you're aware of it, sometimes you are, it's that weight, it's that weight we sense on our insides when something happens to us or crosses through our minds, we feel like might be something more than just a thought or coincidence. It is these impressions or internal thoughts that define, again, so much of how God speaks to us today. Yes, he speaks through dreams. I could tell you stories. Yes, he speaks audibly to people. Some of you know Tate Welling told me an incredible story of his daughter, Briley, hearing the audible voice of God lying in bed. She's like 10 years old, and she, I guess, had read the Samuel Eli story, and she just goes, yes, Lord, your servant is listening, right? And there's this beautiful, beautiful word that God spoke. You're like, that doesn't happen today. Well, that happened to her. God can speak every once to. It's beautiful, right? But that doesn't happen all the time. It's never happened to me. I think it'd be fun if it did. I think all of us say, yes, me too, right? But usually he speaks to these internal impressions. And these are more frequent. So all of us have experienced these internal impressions. I can, I can show you how. All of you have experienced these. If I were to put a show of hands, most of you in this room know Jesus. I'm not saying all of you do, but most of you because you're at church on Sunday morning. How did you become a Christian? Someone decide for you? Did someone preach a message and scare you from going to hell? Did someone just love you to it? But here's the deal. At the end of the day, there was a moment where someone either preached, someone spoke, and you had this like swelling up inside of you of like, I don't know how I know this, but it's true. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I mean, I guess it's by faith. I mean, that makes sense. What does that even mean, right? It's like I just know beyond knowing that this is a real thing. And, yes, I'm, I'm literally willing to die to myself and give away, give up everything in my life to follow this person whose voice I've never actually physically heard. And, and I guess, yes, I'll follow him for the rest of my life and choose every day to, to radically die to myself and give everything to him and do what he says and to live counterculture. Culturally, because I just know. Like, that doesn't make any sense, does it? And that's the internal impression that was so powerful that you were willing to devote the rest of your life to something that you knew beyond your conscience. You say, God, some people say, God doesn't speak today. And, like, how'd you become a Christian then? How'd you become a Christian? Because he spoke to you in an internal, inaudible, an audible internal voice, and you just knew beyond knowing this was the very truth about your life. And you gave your life to him. 
I'll, I'm going to tell you a present current story for me. This is, listen, I'm, in seminary they tell you never tell stories about yourself on Sunday morning because it glorifies you. But sometimes the stories about you just make the most sense because you experience them, you walk through them, and you understand them. So I'm going to tell a story this morning about a, me and a buddy, right? And it has, and it's, and it's all about Jesus. So don't think of me. I miss the voice of the Lord all the time, but I didn't miss this one. Praise God, right? So a buddy of mine, we were, we were in Wyoming together. We were driving back to the airport together. There were four of us in the car. I asked him a question. I said, hey, you've been talking about this going on in your life. Can I unpack that for us? And he begins to share his story for an hour and a half. And we're like listening, asking questions, listening, asking questions. We get to the end of sharing. So two other guys kind of have some things they feel like maybe God is speaking at the moment. I didn't hear anything. All I heard was just love him and pray for him and encourage him. So I said, bro, I love you. I don't have anything for you today, but I want you to know I commit to pray for you. And if I hear anything from the Lord, I'll let you know. So fast forward five days later, I'm sitting on a rocking chair up in North Georgia and I'm praying in the morning, spending time with Jesus and my buddy's face pops into my head. Now I have, like you, people's faces and names pop in my head all the time. But it popped into my head, and I'm like, huh, huh, that's, that was out of the blue, right? I was unconscious. I was like, I didn't think anything about it. And I, said, and I said, Lord, do you have anything for my brother? And the Lord spoke. just said, hey, I want you something along the lines of, I just want, listen, I just want you to send a note to him to let, you know, to let him know that you're with him and to encourage him. This is a difficult season, but let him know that I am walking with him. Fantastic. Right? I just shot him a quick text. <clears throat> Got back to what I was doing. <clears throat> About five minutes later, ding, right? He texts back. He says, oh, my gosh, dude, I'm about to call you. I'm like, okay. He calls. He's going to believe this. This morning I woke up and told my wife how discouraged I was, that I wasn't exactly sure what was going on. I felt really alone. Uh, and she asked me, are you going to call Steve today? She's like, because I think I'm going to call Steve. So I get in the car. I call my other buddy because i got to talk to him about this place that I'm going. And I'm telling him what's going on. And I tell him about you. And I'm going to give you a call today. And as I said, as I'm going to, as I said, I'm going to give him a call today, my phone dings and it was you. I said, bro, I got to go. It was him. So we called. We, he called me, right? And we had this conversation. And in our conversation, y'all, it was like one of those God moments. You've had them where you sit with somebody and it's like the angelic voices just say, this is a God moment. And we talked for like 30 minutes. We both cried. We both encouraged. He got done and said, Steve, I was so discouraged, but man, I know that God is in this. I cannot believe this is happening, bro. Thank you so much. You have no idea what this means. This bro has nothing to do with me. I just actually listened to God for once. It's all on him, right? He's like, this is awesome. We hung up three weeks later. Sitting there again on my couch, spending time with Jesus, not in a rocking chair this time. His face comes up, I know now, and his face pops up. And he say, Jesus, do you have anything for him? I immediately had a picture. I saw a picture, very clear picture, and there was a specific one-sentence phrase that went with it. I'm not going to share it, but it was just something simple, right? And I text him and say, hey, bro, I was praying for you this morning. This was a picture I had, and this is the phrase that went with it. I have no idea if it means anything, but I hope it's encouraging and helpful, right? Put my phone down. I keep on working. About 15 minutes later, phone dings. He's like, this is what your phrase means. I can't believe it. I'll call you later. I'm like, well, I guess that's good, right? Calls me like 3 p.m. 
bro, I was literally sitting with my boss. And I was, we were talking about my future and making some major life decisions. And he said, I, and I felt super confident about it. I walked out to the car. As I got in the car and all the experiences, I had this like, ah, what did I just do moment, right? Did I just ruin everything in my life? Da, 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 da. He goes, he's praying. He goes, Lord, I just need a confirmation from you that this was the right step. He had left his phone in his car, and he goes, he goes, he he picked it up, and 15, about 10 minutes before he had prayed that prayer, there was a text from me, and he's he, and that's when he said, he said, Steve, I picked it up, and your e your text was my confirmation, literally verbatim to what I'd asked the Lord for just that moment. He said it hit me that 10 minutes before he even prayed my prayer, asking for confirmation, you sent the text from God ultimately to be that confirmation of the step that I was taking. Bro, this is amazing. Right? Praise God. Somebody just he's so good, right? So, again, that has nothing to do with me because what I'm getting at is I'm just a sheep who had a posture set before the Lord. I listened, I spent time to listen, I followed and I obeyed and I just shared what I heard with someone who I loved who Jesus loves more. The point is, that's my story, but it's really all of your stories. It's all of your stories. It's all of your abilities. Why? Because if you're personally, no, you can't do anything, Jesus said, on your own strength. But through, listen, watching, listening to, and following God, then there's this moment of hearing and being able to speak. And God can hear and speak to you for yourself. He can speak to you for others. And he can speak to you for the church. I just happen to be the vessel he used in that moment. Right? Praise God. So in this, for ourselves, before ourselves, every healthy relationship is grounded in healthy communication without communication. Listen, those are your marriages real quick. For without communication, a relationship is fractured at best and non-existent at worst. Right? A relationship is fractured at best without communication or non-existent at worst. And that's the case for our relationship with Jesus. Jesus. The truth of the gospel is Jesus came to earth to break down the dividing wall of hostility between us and all humanity because, listen, he wanted unbroken relationship with each of us, the ones that he loves. Therefore, God speaks to us. Why? Because we're in relationship. Our, the, the reality for our in-the-flesh physical relationships is just a snapshot of what has to also be true for our relationship with the Father. So if you are, listen, men, if you are a man... You know that if you don't talk to your wife and share about your day and everything is going on in your heart, at least at some point in the month, it's not going to be great with you, right? It just goes better when you do. And Jesus is the same way. It's like that's a picture of what I'm looking for in relationship. I want you to share, and I want to share with you. God speaks to us because we're in relationship with us. And the primary reason is because he loves us. The foundation, this is the foundation of everything Jesus says to you. The foundation, the source of everything he says for you is his love for you. Listen, a verse that speaks to this foundation of the source that everything God says is that scripture in, in when Jesus is getting baptized and the father looks down on Jesus who hadn't done any ministry yet. He just lived his life and he said, ah, this is my beloved son. He actually says, you, very personally, you are my beloved son and with you I am well pleased. 
Now, here's the point. Why is that so powerful? Because when you gave your life to Jesus, Jesus came into your life. He covered you with his blood. Now, every single time, those of you who are Christ followers, every single time that God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and he's able to confidently say, you are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. So always let that sit in because some people think you have to perform for God. You have to work for God. You've got to earn something from God. He goes, oh, no, no, Jesus already earned it for you. So when I look at you, all I see is his blood. All I see is Jesus. And I just look at you and say, you can never disappoint me because all I see is Jesus. And in you, I'm well pleased, right? So when Jesus speaks to us, when God speaks to us, it's always from the, con- even, in his, even if he's jealous over you, even as he's angry with her sin, even if there's justice he wants to pour out, everything is always spoken in the context of love. And here's the point. Listen, when Jesus, when God speaks, when Jesus, when the, God the Father, when Jesus, God, Jesus speaks, like there's this beautiful piece that says in this he speaks and the fruit of his spirit must always come with it. Why? Because wherever he goes, his fruit is presence. So it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's gentleness, faithfulness, it's self-control. That's the source. That's how he speaks. Grounded in his love. Every time God speaks, his fruit is present. You are his sheep. We are his sheep. He promises us that he will speak to us. We will know his voice. We will hear from him in whatever form he wants to speak. Second piece is for others, and then we're going to do it. We saw it with Philip, right? We saw it with Philip. He had the internal impression, the internal audible voice said, go over to the chariot. I will say to you, there's a high likelihood that this week, God was speaking to you to go over to someone. To go over to someone and to speak and to share. And you probably say, oh, that's weird. Why did I think that? That'd be uncomfortable for them, right? And you kind of talk yourself out of it. I would just encourage you to stop talking yourself out of things, right? It's just super simple. Because God wants to speak to you so he can speak through you, so he can love somebody through you. Every word that we speak to people is ultimately God's desire to love them through us. That's what we see with Philip. We see it again and again in the New Testament. God speaks to us for the growth, the encouragement, the confirmation of those that God loves. God speaks to you for the growth of you and others, the encouragement of you and others, and for the confirmation of like what he's speaking, confirmation like he did for my buddy, because God loves us. In a moment, we're about to bring our graduating seniors up here. You just saw our interns also, right? Bring our graduating seniors up here and and we're going to have the families who are here around them just to, to gather around them. And ultimately, we're going to pray for them as you pray. It's going to be a powerful moment. Some of you are going to get your tissues ready because you're going to, like, cry, right? It's going to be a beautiful, powerful God moment. And we're going to just hope and believe the best for our students, right? And we're going to love on them, right? If a student comes up and don't have parents here, we've got lots of spiritual parents here. Just get, on, get around them and love on them, right? It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Here's what I'm looking for. You have your white cards with a pen, right, at your seat. So here's the point. There's one thing praying for them. It's another thing to listen to Jesus on their behalf and ask God to speak to them through you. That's why you have your white cards. That's why you have a pen. 
You're going to take some time this morning as soon as we start praying. And you're just going to start listening. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Steps to hearing this morning and then steps for hearing every single day. Again, steps are easy. Just be available this morning and every single day, right? Just be available. Say, God, here I am. I'm willing to. I'm a heart posture before you, too. Then ask God to speak. God, would you give me a word this morning for whoever it may be this morning who's standing up here, right? And say something like, like Tate's daughter probably did. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, right? Something along those lines. Number three, quiet yourself so you can listen. I think you all know the greatest, the greatest reason we don't hear the voice of the Lord in our culture is because of the distractions of every day. Right, We have the posture of our mind distracted by all the things that are going on, so we have to take all of those uh, stirrings and just go whoop, push them out of the way so we can listen to the voice of the Lord. Number four, so just risk being wrong. Okay, So seniors and interns, someone may write something on your white card that's like, oh, it doesn't really seem like it's from the Lord, right? Then just take it and tear it up and go, hey, but good job trying. Listen, y'all, I was at a conference, and I, this is our, we went to uh, Reading several years ago at the conference, Open Heavens Conference with Bethel. And it was so funny because these, like, kids, like, college-age kids going around praying for people. And this guy walks up, one of those, like, I call it prophetic look. He's like, oh, like this. Oh, like, and I'm like, okay, God's stirring something. He goes, I pray I have a word for you. I'm like, sure, man. He starts praying for me. It was completely wrong, right, completely off base. It wasn't for me at all. I had nothing to do with anything going on in my life. And I'm sitting there just like, but like my, my father heart kicked in, and I got done. I put my arm in his shoulder and said, bro, I want to thank you so much for trying so hard. Nothing you said was for me at all, okay? It wasn't a word for me. But I want you to know God was so pleased with your desire to actually risk. And I said, can I give you a hug? He's like, yeah. And I gave him a big hug. I said, but keep trying, bro. You're going to get it right sometime, you know. Super great. So risk, risk being wrong. Number five, listen with God's character in mind. Listen. This is super important. Listen with God's character in mind. You got, that's why you got to know scripture. You got to know theology. You got to understand the Bible. You got to understand what Je- who Jesus is, who God the Father is. Listen, if you, listen. Angry prophets are of the Old Testament. Loving prophets are of the New Testament. It's as simple as that. We could build a lot of theology around this, right? Angry prophets are of the Old Testament. Jesus is now the model of the prophet in this generation. Doesn't mean he's not honest. Doesn't mean he doesn't convict. Doesn't mean he doesn't speak justice. But the, but the, the foundation is love. The character of God. God is love. God is not anger. Right? So love is the source. So when I come to someone, there may be a level of like tension that you feel, but I always tell, like, whenever I give words, like, I move beyond the anger to the heart of God, where I'm able to marry the two, where He is angry and jealous over, but love is the foundation of it. And that's something you got to work on. I could unpack that more later, not now. But just remember the character of God. Your goal is to love people. And six, listen within the boundaries of Scripture. I mean, I'm going to say that probably every Sunday and every time I ever meet with you. Scripture is the boundary. You've got to know Scripture, okay? All right, seniors, won't you go ahead and come up? Families who are with them. If we don't have families, then come friends. And who with them? So I'm going to get my seniors to come up. Come on all the way up. You know, come, yeah. They did it. Good job graduating, guys. Yeah, come on up. Come on, Sophia Sanders. All right, so I need y'all to, so, yeah, so I need y'all to stand, and then your families can get behind you, okay? So families, y'all can go ahead and come. Um, 
Sophia's family, I wasn't able to be here today, so she, yeah, so she's going to stand here, right? All right, so y'all take a, y'all step to the right, Stoney, let's kind of get it in front, everybody in front, step to your right, to your right, yeah, so I all moved down, so it looks balanced. I just have this thing about things being balanced, I don't know about y'all, right, just being balanced, right, and so, okay. All right, so we have Tate, put your hand up, yeah, this is Sarah, hand up. Higher, Sarah. I can't see it. Thank you very much. Sophia, put your hand up. Thank you. And then Carson right here. Okay. Yeah, so we we love these four. Uh, They've all been around Vintage uh, for a while. And they've gone through lots of ups and downs in our youth ministry in the body of Christ. They've all, in some form or fashion, have a history at one camp and God moving. And they are all taking next steps uh, this upcoming year. And we are excited about those steps. I want you to hear me say, you don't have to look at me, but uh, the four of y'all, I love you. Uh, I do. I think you know that. Uh, I, I appreciate you. I'm thankful for your lives. Um, I, when I'm around you, I just, I'm, I don't know, I just love, I love adults, but I love y'all more. And so I'm, I'm sad when y'all leave, like look at Campbell coming back, like she's back this morning. I was more excited to see her than anybody else. I haven't seen her in a while. It's a true statement. And so I just love our students. I love they're here, and and when they go off, I'm really proud of them. And so this morning, um, again, so Carson, Sophia, Sarah, and Tate. Uh, Josh, can you put back up the interns on the screen for me? You can have just a picture of them, too. Thank you. Sorry to uh, throw a little wrench your way. Yeah, so Ash Mav or Ashley over here, uh, Sloan on the middle, and then Annie on the right. So you have your white cards, okay? This morning, parents, in a second, I'm just going to say one, two, three, pray. And whether it's silent, like quietly, around behind your child, I want you just to pray for them. Make sure, here's just some guidelines. When you pray for them, make sure you tell them how much you love them or tell Jesus how much you love them while you pray. That's the greatest foundation you can give them is your love for them. Uh, but then I want you just to pray for them. I want you to, even if it's a little bit out loud, to pray. Pray for God's movement. As the, and I'm going to be praying at the same time, so it won't be quite as scary that your voice can be heard all the place. You know my voice is louder than yours. And so you're gonna, I'm going to pray at the same time. Davio, I encourage you to pray. I want you to take your white cards right now. We're going to bring the lights down because you can hear God's voice better in the dark. And, but not too far because I can be able to write and see. So bring up the hair, Josh. Let's get there. Bring up the hair, Joshy. It's going to be so good. I mean, there you go. Right there. Perfect. Fantastic. So they can see a little bit. Now. On three, I'm going to begin to pray. Parents, I want you to pray over your children. I want you to pray destiny over them. I want you to pray the power of God's Spirit over them. I want you to pray the conviction of God's Spirit over them. I want you to pray that God would break off every lie of the enemy that he's fed them there and over ever how long. I want you to pray over issues of trauma and things that have been difficult and overwhelming for them. I want you to pray only from, like, the only posture that you're allowed to have this morning is the heart of the father over jesus saying you are my beloved child and with you i'm well pleased that's the only posture you can have as you pray you're not trying to correct them in prayer you're not trying to teach them in prayer like parents always do you're just wanting to express your love for them okay all right 
So one, two, three. Father, I thank you for our students. God, I thank you for their lives. I thank you, Jesus, for your love for them. I'm thankful, Father, for the support that you have from parents, from friends, from church. I pray this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would flow like as if, uh, as if the hose had just been released and water is now flowing in power through them, that you would course through every part of their being from head to toe, height and width, God, that they would know your love, that you, they would know your voice. When the Holy Spirit is, you've been sent to remind them of everything that Jesus says and then to convict them of sin moving forward. I pray, Father, that you would release them with this voice to say, Father, whatever you want, that's the steps I will, those are the steps that I will take. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would bring conviction this morning. I pray that you would speak truth over them. I pray that every lie that they believe right now would be broken in Jesus' name. I pray every bit of trauma, Father God, that's been, they've experienced sins that have been committed against them, Jesus. I pray that you would bring restoration and divine healing. Only you can do it, Jesus. But we are asking, God, from those moments of trauma that you would bring healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing, and breakthrough, God. I pray right now for a restoration of body, soul, spirit, and mind this morning. That, God, they would go. I love the prayer that Anna Catherine prayed last this past week over a girl I pray you to give each of them hearts with a lock on it that only your key could open, Jesus. I pray, Father, that right now they would recognize you cherish them, that you are for them, that you love them, that you are not against them, that you are empowering them, and that in this moment, God, their wills seemingly are torn between things of the world and things of the Spirit, that you have given them the power through Jesus in them to say yes to Jesus and make that turn towards obedience. And God, I know when they don't take, this is going to happen when they don't take steps towards obedience. I thank you for the cross of Jesus that says, no, my blood covers all of those things. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you quickly woo them back to yourself, God, and that you would bring victory in their life. I pray now, God, that you would bring the conviction of your spirit, even over things in their lives, Father, that are keeping them from you. I pray right now conviction of your spirit and that you would lead them to the spirit of life, not the spirit of death, Jesus. Right now, every spirit of confusion that has come to confuse them in their lives as if they're walking in darkness, Father, right now I pray for the light of heaven to shine upon them and to speak truth in every lie. And all of a sudden they would go, no, I will not walk down that path of darkness anymore. This is the light and I will walk towards it. So Jesus, may this year be a year of breakthrough, a year of salvation. But I pray also, God, may it just be a very enjoyable year. I pray really practically you would put Christian friends in their lives to encourage them and to speak life over them, God. I pray, Jesus, even when they're not looking for them, I thank you that this prayer has started and never ends, so you're going to be bringing Christian friends around them, trying to woo them. And so I pray, Jesus, that you would even now begin to name those people that you have for them, and I pray that you would prick their hearts to get along very quickly, and they would have these friends. I pray that they would enjoy themselves. I pray, Father, it would be a time that the fruit of your spirit would flow. I pray, Father, that you would bless their minds as they step into college classes. God, it's going to be overwhelming. It's going to be difficult certain days. They're going to wake up early. They're going to miss a couple classes. Lord, I pray, God, that you would help them in those moments that you would bless them. 
And I pray, Jesus, there would be divine clarity between right and wrong. Your word says it has to come to cut between soul and marrow, right? Just, excuse me, joint and marrow, soul and spirit. God, that you come to speak truth. And so, Father, bless them. We pray this in your name. And everybody said? All right, on one, okay, real quick, on three, I'm going to go one, two, three and say, we love you, okay? One, two, three. All right, I'll give it up for them as they step back. Thank you, guys. So here's the deal. After service today, if those of you have those white cards, I encourage you just to, so students don't run out real quick, make sure you wait long enough to get your white cards, these things we believe that God is speaking over them. Even we invite uh, Aaron to come up, we'll just have a quick, we'll have some time in ministry at the end. So here's the deal. Here's, we're going to end today because it's already 1119. So if you have kids, I would ask as soon as we start ministry, you go ahead and go grab your kids. You can bring them back in here if you want. Um, if you need to go, this is your time. You can go ahead and leave. If you want to stay, we'll have a little bit of time of ministry uh, this morning. Some ministry teams can go ahead and come forward. I do just want to invite you tonight, today, just to have an honest conversation with the Lord about hearing his voice, right? And some of you are like, oh my gosh, I haven't been listening. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He says, you are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Just start listening again, right? Just start listening. You're like, okay, okay, I can do that, right? So just start listening. And let's just see what God speaks uh, into you this week for yourself and for others. So ministry teams, come forward. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this morning. And I pray just blessing upon each person in Jesus' name. We have our offering baskets here that are available every week as your expression of worship. Thank you for your continued gifts and giving to the Lord.